Welcome to Bible Studies for Life Adult Podcast. I'm Lynn Pryor, and my co-host is Chris Johnson. Chris, it's good to be with you again for another podcast. Well, it's a beautiful day in Podcastville, Lynn, I think, so <laughs> good to see you. Podcastville. All right. Well, joining us in Podcastville, uh, joining us today is Curtis Haunts. Uh, Curtis, thanks for being a part of this podcast. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be a part of it. And so y'all are wondering, who is Curtis Haunts? And why is he on this podcast? I'm glad, I'm glad you, you asked. asked. Thank you. <laughs> Curtis, uh, for, especially for you leaders uh, who use the leader guides, you will be familiar with Curtis because Curtis uh, edits much of the shared commentary that's in your leader guide. And Curtis has been doing this for a long time. Curtis, how long? You've been a Lifeway 25 years? Uh, celebrate my 25th anniversary next uh, February or so. Okay, well, we'll have to be sure and have a cake and all that. So, But Curtis has been doing this for a long time and uh, does an excellent job with our commentary. So we are in the second week of our study on spiritual disciplines, and we'll be looking at uh, the significance and the importance of connecting to God uh, and through his word. And so I want to remind you guys of uh, Jim Wilson, the author of uh, Spiritual Disciplines, Uh, study, uh, gave this definition for spiritual disciplines. He says it is those small things that Christians intentionally do to open open themselves up to God's work of conforming them to the image of Christ. So these are things that, that we put into practice that we're disciplined in doing on a, on a regular basis that help, that are things that God uses to transform us into the likeness of Jesus. So uh, today we're going to be talking specifically about knowing God through his word. Sure. And our, our point is what we're going to keep looking at is our hearts are satisfied when we encounter God through his word. So one of the things that we do in the, opening uh, of our PSG is ask a, a, an icebreaker question to give people an opportunity to start to kind of think and to talk uh, about the topic that at hand. And this week, we're, we use the uh, infamous GPS directions to um, help people to think about, you know, how they, how they use uh, directions or a time when they were given directions and had a, a bad experience. Uh, and it caused, it caused me to uh, remember we were coming home for vacation a few years ago from Florida and I was follow, I, I had the GPS on, so I'm going to follow this. And all of a sudden it, there was a torrential downpour. It was just buckets of water pouring. And I went off following, following GPS the road that I was on went from asphalt to gravel to dirt. <laughs> so, so in the middle of a, a gully washer, uh, ah. there was uh, water everywhere. And I'm running on a dirt road. The GPS said, this is where you should go. And I got to the end of the dirt road and it actually dumped me out into a main highway the one that I was looking for. But I had no idea that I was going to have to go down a dirt road to get there. I have experienced that same thing in Texas, of all places, uh, getting on a little gravel road, even crossing one of those cattle guards surrounded by cattle, but it worked. But, uh, Chris, I-, I love my GPS. I-, I realize, I will confess, GPS has made me lazy 
because I, the town I live in, I live in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I've lived here three years, and I'm just now kind of getting to know my way around the town simply because I trust my GPS. I don't really think about where I'm going. Now, where we're going with this is GPS. Uh, we, we kind of compare and contrast GPS with that guidance with God's word. Uh, which I think is, is an interesting thing to make the comparison and the contrast. The beauty of the scripture is um, it never lets us down. The, uh, excuse me, the Bible never lets us down. GPS may, may not. We may question GPS sometimes, like those dirt roads. But God's word will always is always faithful and true to us. So to that, we're going to be in a... Uh, Psalm 119, and if you're familiar with Psalm 119, all 176 verses of this uh, chapter, this psalm, are all dedicated to just lifting up the beauty, the wonder, the supremacy of God's word. But so we're going to just be in, in one of the, the, uh, the stanzas of this. We're going to be in verse uh, 17. And uh, let me just start, start with verse 17. But verse 18 says, Open my eyes that I may contemplate wonderful things from your instruction. So what we see in this is the idea that we grow spiritually as we encounter God in his word. It's a great prayer. It's a, it's a prayer that we should all pray as we, as we uh, take up God's word, open our eyes, help us to see things from your instructions that will be life-changing for us. One of the things that we talk about a lot in Bible studies for life is the, <laughs> the impact on being in God's word on a regular basis has in the life of a believer. One of the strongest indicators of uh, someone being uh, growing spiritually or, or having some spiritual maturity is that they read the Bible daily and are involved in Bible study. And so we are exposing ourselves and opening ourselves to God's word, just like David talked about in this passage. The personal study guide makes the emphasis that uh, Bible reading is the foundation for all the other spiritual disciplines the only way for us to know God is by knowing his word. God may reveal himself through prayer, through experiences that we have, but all those have to be taken back and weighed against what scripture says. So if we don't know God's word, if we're not in God's word, we may know him in a very vague sense, but we'll not have the kind of heart satisfying relationship with him that he desires for us. And that, uh, ultimately, whether we're conscious of it or not, we all desire to have ourselves. And I, I like the way David says this. Um, in fact, Jim Wilson points this out in what he said. He says, you might even want to read a note of desperation in his words. He is desperate to encounter God through his word. And that ought to be, our, that ought to be a prayer for all of us, that kind of desperation, knowing I need God's word and I need it today. And verse 18 talks about opening our eyes to the, the, the wonders of what God does. It's not that, that God doesn't do wonders, that he's not already doing wonders. It's that we don't see them. Our, our eyes are blinded if he doesn't open our eyes to them. So we can encounter his truth you know, continually. But unless he opens our eyes to that truth, uh, it's as if we're blind that's really interesting that, that we could read his word and listen to his word and not get it. And so I think uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's, again, a, a good reminder to us of our need to, to ask God to, 
help us to see, to help us to understand and apply these words to our lives. And I think it's very helpful to just whatever we're facing in life, we need God's word, especially when those trials and difficulties come. Because if you look at verse 19, David says this, he says, I am a resident alien on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. I am continually overcome with longing for your judgments. You rebuke the arrogant, the one under a curse, who wanders from your commands. Then he says, take insult and contempt away from me, for I have kept your decrees. There is a sense where David's facing this opposition, yet he says he's got to know God through his word, and knowing God through his word helps him face opposition. I think it's key to recognize the, the aspect of being an alien. Uh, I've had occasions to go to other countries, mission trips, or, or, or just to, to travel, and I've always been aware the whole time that I was a foreigner. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the language was different. Even when we spoke the same language, technically, the pronunciation was, was very distinct. Uh, I often looked different than the other people in the area. I was constantly aware that I was a foreigner. And yet in our spiritual lives, we can become so comfortable on earth that while we would acknowledge in a Bible study group that earth is not our home, we fail to recognize that on a day-in, day-out kind of basis, and we become uh, as, if, uh, as if we're part of the, the culture, not aliens to it. I appreciate the fact uh, that you mentioned this about um, being what it's like to be a resident alien. I think that uh, for those who lead groups or who are involved in uh, this particular Bible study with a group this week, there will be people in your groups that will uh, react to that, that terminology from a, a modern perspective of those who are aliens in our culture. And we're not talking ET, extraterrestrial. We're talking about people uh-huh. that aren't citizens um, who, who are here. But it's interesting that in the Old Testament, um, all of these terms are used for um, those who are passing through uh, resident aliens, sojourner, stranger, foreigner, and right. that the New Testament writers pick up on these terms to say, you know, that's who we are. We, we live in a world that this world is not our own. We are, we are the strangers. We are the ones who are different. We are um, inhabitants of God's kingdom. We are citizens of God's kingdom. So uh, that, that, That makes us different from the world. I don't know that we are always aware of that, but David, obviously, are very, very aware that uh, that's how he felt in the culture that he he was in. Well, as Jim pointed out in, in, in the personal study guide, he's talking about David, that David felt like a stranger in a world that felt at home with sin. That's the key point right there. He, 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 you know, and and to put this in our New Testament perspective, that we should be more at home with Christ and with him. Again, that's why we need to stay in God's word. It helps us face a sin-soaked world where people in this world are just at home with sin. The alien was one of those, along with the orphan, the widow, and the poor, whom God had special provision for, took special protection over. And so even as David is talking about being a resident alien, he is also recognizing God's provision for those who are in more humble circumstances than the, the rest of the, 
the world. And, and, and he's speaking there, obviously, in spiritual terms. Uh, but if we don't recognize our spiritual humility, mm-hmm. we won't have any sense of looking for the protection or anticipating the protection that God makes available for those who mm. have that, uh, who are those aliens or those widows or those orphans, spiritually speaking. Yeah, I love the fact that in the Old Testament, the, the law makes that provision for that protection for us to, to, to look out for those for. The, the groups that you described, and in particular, resident aliens. And then God says to Israel, and you were that. You were that in Egypt. You were that when you were passing through, um, uh, walking, wandering through the wilderness. So I set this provision up because you should understand this better than anybody else, uh, the need to look out for people who are in that circumstance and situation. It's probably a good word for us to hear today. Uh, in the culture that we live in as well. I understand that if we fail to, if we fail to be in God's word, if we fail to, to understand the perspective that God comes from, the perspective he, he wants his people to come from, uh, and we won't be equipped to face the situations that we face in the world, uh, social kinds of situations, uh, other kinds of situations, if we don't have the perspective and the background to understand who we are in God's sight. It's interesting you talk about having God's perspective because that's really where we wrap up this session. When we, we go down to verses 23 and 24, though princes sit together speaking against me, your servant will think about your statutes. Your decrees are my delight and my counselors. And there is this idea there that knowing God through his word helped David and it helps us to have his perspective so important that we have that and that and just a just a reminder that we need guides that we need counselors that we need people who will point the way for us we need god's word to do that uh we need people in our lives who will do that but but it's so so strong to hear david say this is what your word does for me it guides me it leads me it it gives me direction in my life the PSG makes the observation that when our focus is on how bad things are, we lose sight of how good God is. And in this time with, uh, with all the, the issues over COVID and the impacts from economic to social to uh, all the various kinds of the political impacts that COVID has had with the racial tensions that have uh, been around uh, in the last number of months with all the things that are going on, it can be so easy to become so in tune with the news of the day that we fail to recognize the counsel and the goodness of God uh, that's provided in his word. We can find ourselves spending more time focusing upon the things that worry us in the world, as opposed to looking (laughs) to the word that has the, the, the eternal perspective. Curtis, you know, I I think there's wisdom in us being able to, to be aware of, what's happening in the news and things like that, Mm -hmm. you know, be those people who are um, talk about people aware of the times we live in. But as Wilson says here, we would be wise to stop soaking in all the news and opinions from the news channels. Instead, we should give time to reading and reflecting on God's word. Just exactly what you said there, Curtis. I do think there's value in knowing the news, but I've got to know God's word first, because then when I see the news, I'm seeing it hopefully from his perspective. 
So there's value for us in reading God's word, making it a part of our daily life. There's value in being in groups where we're being taught God's word, where we're hearing the word of God proclaimed in worship. There's also value in meditating on God's word. And that's, that's some of the emphasis that we have in this passage. And sometimes I think we get the image of meditation as being something that's very passive. And that is not what this is talking about at all. It is making a decision to immerse ourselves and to go deeper into God's word and to just focus on his word and think deeply about his word. And that is probably a, a weak point in the lives of believers today. There are a lot of people who can say, oh, I've read my Bible today, or I read my Bible every day, or I've read the Bible through these many times in my lifetime without taking the time to take that intentional step to meditate on his word, to focus on his word. I heard someone years ago, uh, it struck home with me as a Texan, but he compared meditation to what a cow does when it eats grass. You know, a cow, uh, you know, obviously eats the grass, but then what he does when you, we talk about the cow chewing the cud, they literally regurgitate some of what they ate and they sit there and they mull on it. They just chew on it. And he says, that's what we ought to do with God's word. We digest it, but then we just sort of, you know, spiritually regurgitate and pull it back up and we think about it. We just sit there and mull over it. He said, that is what meditation is. As you said, Chris, it's not passive. It's very active. Hey, listen, we want to thank those of you who are listening to this podcast for being a part of it every week. We're grateful for you listening today. And Curtis, thank you for being a part of this as well. Curtis is going to come back in a moment and, and say a word to leaders, um, give some tips to help them. I think Lynn's got something else for us to do, but we want to again thank those of you who listen to our podcast and hope that it is of great benefit to you. Sure. And Chris, what I want to do, I want to, I want to share this just with the leaders that uh, I've talked previously about a resource, a supplemental commentary in addition to the commentary that Curtis provides, which is called Advanced Bible Study. But we have a, 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 another resource that goes along with that called the Advanced Bible Study Teacher Guide. Now, I mention this to all our leaders because we've discovered a lot of groups, a lot of leaders like to use the Advanced Teacher Guide because of what it, it provides more uh, some additional questions, but how the teaching plan is formatted is for those who really like a master teacher type teaching situation. Uh, I, I always hesitate to use the word lecture, but it really caters to those who want to present more information and occasionally ask questions. Uh, it's a great little resource. It's, 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 it's not big at all. It's, it's a rather thin resource, but it also includes some optional ideas if you want to bring some creativity to it. So I just mentioned that. Just uh, I might want to go to lifeway.com or, or biblestudiesforlife.com and check out Advanced Bible Study Teacher Guide. Curtis, why don't you inspire us for a moment? I'll do my best. In thinking about this session, one of the things I think I would do in teaching it, uh, we've talked about the importance of Bible intake. Uh, we've talked about reading. We've talked about meditating. There are a number of levels, if you will, uh, degrees to which we intake and, and, and think about and internalize God's Word but we can't do the meditating if we haven't taken it in. It, it all starts with that initial intake of God's word. So I would lead a group to, uh, uh, to brainstorm on ways that they 
take in God's word that they, uh, or, or ways that they have friends that take in God's word. It's more than that. There are more ways and more opportunities than just sitting down in a chair and opening up a physical Bible. So and, people uh, who would like listen to God's word while they're uh, on a commute, uh, listen to God's word on a commute. Uh, my daughter receives a, a daily devotional uh, through her uh, phone on a text. My wife often does her reading on a, an online Bible with her iPad. Uh, there are just various ways that we can encounter God's Word. And some folks probably have not thought about ways that would be very beneficial to them, but somebody else in the group may have. And so brainstorming various ways of doing that can help people within the group say, oh, well, now there, there's an idea I hadn't thought of, but that would work really well for me in my situation. I think that's a good idea. I think it's a, a, one of the advantages of being a part of a group Bible study is that we can learn from each other. And you've right. given a very uh, practical way we can learn uh, how to go deeper into God's word. That's good. All right, then. Well, thank you again for you guys, for your participation in this podcast. And again, thank you for those who listen to Bible Studies for Life podcast for adults. We're grateful for you and look forward to being with you again next week.